All right. I want everybody to turn your Bibles to the book of Psalms 120. And uh, I want you to pay attention to me tonight. All right. Amen. Surely you don't have uh, too much of deficit disorder. 120th Psalm. And uh, I'm going to read the entire chapter, which is uh, seven verses. And then we're going to go into uh, what I feel like the Lord wants to say to us tonight. Psalms 120. Uh, If you have a Bible with any kind of annotation to it, you will notice that this particular psalm is the beginning of what is called a song of degrees. And it runs from this particular chapter through the 134th Psalm. They are called songs of degrees. We're going to read the first one, and it reads like this. He said, In my distress I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered my soul, O Lord, and or deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee, or what shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? Sharp arrows of the mighty with coals of juniper, defining what the tongue is like and what it can do. Verse 5, he said, Woe is me that I sojourn in Mesesh, that I dwell in the tents of Kedar. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. And everybody said, Amen. Everybody said, Amen. Sunday night, I preached to this church about us going to higher ground. I believe that that is a theme that God wants to speak to our church through uh, for the next few weeks, going to a higher place. My heart has been uh, almost hijacked by the thought, by the idea of the word up. Everybody say up. Everybody say up. Turn to your neighbor and say up. Up. That's where God wants to take us. Amen. If you could handle that, I would appreciate that. All right. I don't need any more distraction. But up. God wants to take us up. Everybody say up. Up. Lift us up. He wants us to go up. He wants us to move up. He wants us to look up. He wants us to step up. He wants, to, he wants us to pray up. And that, my friend, is the direction that we are going to go. This church is on a journey, and we are on a journey to the high place. We're looking for better things. We're looking to elevate our goals and our desires and our thoughts. And tonight, we need to have that happen here in this service. And when I was thinking about all that God is calling us to, I also remind myself of some of the sounds that I've heard and some of the people that have expressed 
their desire to join in this, but how difficult it's going to be. Some cannot imagine being a month without Facebook or text messaging and that kind of thing. But I want to remind you tonight that this is a season of sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. Sacrifice. You didn't say that like you really meant it or believed it, but let's say it again. Sacrifice. It's a season of sacrifice. And I remind you that sacrifice is supposed to hurt. Sacrifice is supposed to be painful. If it's not, it's not sacrifice. Sacrifice means it cost you something. That you had to go out of the way. That you, it wasn't something convenient. It wasn't like you stopping by Walmart on the way to church tonight to take care of something because you were already on your way to church and you were already on that road and already coming down that highway. It wasn't like driving by Kroger down here on the way to church and said, Oh, I need to get some coffee or I need to get eggs. That is not a sacrifice. That is a convenience. Sacrifice is when you're on the other side of town, when you're on the other side of the world and somebody calls or there is a need that is called for you to come back to this side of town and so you have to interrupt your schedule, you have to interrupt your plans, you have to change what you had on the agenda and you have to go do something that you did not have planned to do. That is sacrifice. And so if it doesn't hurt a little bit, we're really not sacrificing. That's why when you think about laying that phone down or disconnecting from the Internet or doing away with video or watching TV or whatever else you entertain yourself with, that when you disconnect, you feel something in your, ooh, I don't know if I can do that. That's what it's supposed to be like. If it wasn't, then you wouldn't be sacrificing. And so God has called us to a season of sacrifice. And he has called us to elevate. Everybody say elevate. We're going to raise some things. We're going to raise, we're going to elevate our values. I talked to you about this Sunday night. What we consider to be of most importance. What we consider to be the most valuable things in our life. We're going to elevate our values, what we consider to be most important. Number two, we're going to elevate our priorities, what we put first in our life. We're going to raise that standard and, and we're going to begin to do things differently and with a different sense of urgency. And number three, we're going to elevate our standard our expectation, what we are looking to see happen in our lives. And everybody said amen. In doing this, we're going to impact, first of all, our own life. Everybody say your own life. If we do this, it's going to touch my family. It's going to touch my children. It's going to touch those people that mean the most to me. And to me, that is the most important reason why I want to make a sacrifice is because it's going to help me and it's going to help my family be better. Amen. And everybody said amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're just about ready to get better. Amen. You're just about ready to get better. You're going to go through a season 
of improvement and we're going to go through a time when our thoughts are going to be impacted and what we desire is going to be impacted and what we're reaching for is going to be affected and what our goals are and what our desires are, they are going to be affected. I want to turn with you, if you will, for just a few moments and I'm just going to share a few thoughts with you and let you go home. But in the 120th Psalm, we begin what is known in the Scripture as the Songs of Ascent. And it goes from 120 through verse 1 or chapter 124 of the book of Psalms. And they are songs that were sang, most scholars agree that they were songs that were sang on their way up to Jerusalem. Now, everybody uh, there and everybody in that locale understands we're geographically removed from Jerusalem, and so we don't understand the impact or importance of the word up. But Jerusalem was a city that was elevated. It was a city that was on a hill. It was a city that was high. And then there in that city, at the highest point, is where the temple would be built and where God would meet with His people. When God chose a city for His name to dwell in and rest in, He chose a high place. And so Jerusalem sits about 2,300 feet above sea level, and the temple was set in a high place so that when they began to make their way to church, much different than what we did tonight, it was a journey for them. Many of them came from out of town, and they came for the seasons of worship. They had to go up to get to Jerusalem. And so these songs began to be the songs that they sang as they made their way upward to Jerusalem. The word or the phrase Psalm of Ascent literally translated means songs for the way up. I, I would hope that somehow God would be able to give to us individually some songs that will help us go up, that will help us move up. These were sang by those who wanted to make the ascent to Jerusalem and they wanted to go higher. They wanted to get to that holy place and be involved in the worship in the temple and the sacrifices that went on in that wonderful place. And this collection of songs was literally a book of devotions of which they spoke and sang and gave back to one another on their way up. And what is of interest to me when you begin to look at those Psalms 120, 121, 122, 123, you begin to understand that these songs, they were singing about particular things. They were on their way up. These songs were lifting them up. They were moving up. They were progressing in an upward pattern. And these songs become of interest because of what they sang about, what they talked about on their way up. And I want us to look at some of those things. I believe that we can use them as a guide for our ascent 
to a higher place and to higher things in God. And it begins in Psalms 120. What I want you to notice is what he said here about what they had been living in and what they had been living with. Go back with me, if you will, and notice what he says in the 120th Psalm. He said, in my distress, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. And then he talks about the the fruit of the tongue, what it produces. And then verse 5, he said, Woe is me that I sojourn in Mesich. Now, Mesich was a place far away from Jerusalem. And most people that I've read believe that it was actually a code word for Babylon. It represented that which was opposite of what Jerusalem stood for. And what he is literally saying is that he has been living in some places and living in some things that it was time for him to get away from. And so as he's beginning to make his way to Jerusalem and he's there's a desire in him, he wants something better. He wants a better life. He wants to get in touch with God. He wants to commune with God. He wants the blessings of God on his life. As he begins to make his way in that direction, in an upward path, he realizes that something has got to change. He has been living in the wrong kind of atmosphere. And so he considers what he has been living in. The attitudes, the spirits, the thoughts, uh, uh, the issues that he had been living in and dealing with. He begins to address them. They, he realized that they had to disconnect themselves from certain things because you're not going to go to the high place. You're not going to get to where God wants you to get and stay connected to some of the things that you've been connected to. And so on their way to Jerusalem, they are singing the first song was really a song about disconnection. It was a song about separating themselves from certain spirits and certain attitudes and certain issues and realizing that not everybody wants to go where I want to go. I want to ask you something tonight. How many of you personally want to go to a higher place in God in your life right now? Let me just tell you that as much as you desire that, There are people around you that don't want that. They don't want that for themselves and they don't want that for you. And so these men, these pilgrims that were on their way to Jerusalem realized that they were going to have to cut away and get away from some things that they had been living in and living with. If you want to get to a better place, if I want to get to a better place in my life, there are some decisions that I have to make about who and what 
I'm going to stay connected to. That's why we need a media fast. That's why we need to lay down all of the distraction so we can get our priorities right again and we can see what really matters and and what is of importance and what really eternally is going to make a difference. And when we begin to see that, we will realize, you know what? I don't need that. That thing is not helping me to become a better person. That person is not helping me become a better person. That issue that I keep dealing with is not helping me to be a better person. That attitude that I keep having to deal with is not helping me to better be a better person. I've got to get away from that. I've been too content to dwell and live with some things that don't want the same thing I want. Amen. I'm I've been satisfied living with some things that are not going to help me. Wise up to those things that will keep you from the will of God. Will these things help me go where I need to go? That's the question that we need to ask ourselves tonight. Is this going to help me become a better man or a better woman or a better father or a better mother? Hanging out with these people. You know, some people don't understand that the, the people that you hang out with have an influence over your mind and your thought and your attitude. And if their desire and their agenda is different than what's in your heart, it is going to cause you conflict and trouble. And it will continually grieve you because you're going to be pulled between two things. And so these men were wise enough that when they began to make their way upward, they realized, you know what? I, I gotta, I've got to get away from some things. I want to ask you tonight, is there anything right now that you think of that comes to your mind when I say that? You know what? I've got to, I need to get away from that. I, I don't need that kind of influence in my life. I, I don't need to keep hanging around that kind of junk. I don't need to keep hanging with those kind of people. They're not helping me be better. They're not helping me get over my problem. They're not helping me become stronger. They are only keeping me in this same cycle of defeat and frustration. These men decided, if I'm going to Jerusalem and I'm going there for the right reason, I have to disconnect myself from some things. Amen. And so in route to this goal, he cries for help against some nasty spirits and some deceitful people. People that were for war when he was for peace. Always involved in some kind of conflict. Always wanting to fight and struggle. Beware of people. And beware of attitudes. And beware of issues. And beware of spirits that are always confrontational. That are always at odds. And always at strife. They're not going to help you get where you need to go. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say it's time to disconnect. It's time to disconnect. Amen. There's, there's a recognition by this psalmist that to get where he needed to go, they were going to have to cut some ties. They were going to have to, and I'm not talking about just people. 
it would be great if we could just cut away from people and solve all of our problems. But you can become a monk in a monastery somewhere and still have problems. You can isolate yourself from all the world and still have issues in your life. You have to make up your mind. You know what? I'm getting away from that. I don't want to be connected to that. I don't want to be identified by that. I don't want to be known by that. I don't want that in my life. I don't want that touching my family. I don't want that influencing my decisions anymore. And you've got to be willing to cut those ties. You've got to cut ties with people. You've got to cut ties with attitudes. You've got to cut ties with feelings. You've got to cut ties with desires. If you're going to make it to Jerusalem, there's some stuff that's got to be let go. Everybody said amen. Amen. He deals with us according to our need. And he deals with us according to where we are. But if you're going to get to the high place, there's some things that are going to have to go out the door. There's some things you're going to have to get away from. Amen. I want to ask you right now, close your eyes. I don't want any distractions in your mind right now. I want everybody in this building to close your eyes. And I want you to honestly ask God to help you see what it is right now that you need to spend the next few days getting away from. It's not helping me. It's not bettering me. It's not encouraging me. It's not lifting me up. As a matter of fact, every time I turn around, it's dragging me down. It's pulling me back into the same cesspool. Those people, those things, those issues, those attitudes, you need to to make up in your mind right now you're about to cut some cords i'm not living with that stuff i'm not putting up with that anymore i want to go to the high place somebody said amen amen somebody say i want to go to the high place i want to go up amen anybody want to get better anybody want to do better then you're going to have to cut some ties you're going to have to disconnect from something. You're going to have to make up your mind. I can't get there with this in my life. I can't get there with these things hanging on. I've got to get away from that. Get away from it. Get away from the gate. Get away from the problem. Get away from the attitudes. Get away from the issues. Get away from the spirit. More than anything, what I believe the curse of Facebook is is that it keeps people connected to too many issues that they don't need to be connected to. There's nothing wrong in that medium in itself, no more than there's something wrong in a lot of other mediums. But it's what we let it degenerate into, and that's why it's good to get away from it. Amen. Say, get away from it. Praise God. Get away from it. Cut the ties. That's what he started out. He's going to the high place. Anybody here want to go to the high place? Anybody here want to get better? Anybody here want to break some addictions? Anybody here want to get away from a past that's been broken and tormented and troubled? You can do that if you realize that there's some things that cannot reside in that place where I'm going. Amen. Amen. 121, I'm going to close. The 121st Psalm takes another step in this journey upward. In the 121st Psalm, he speaks about entering into a season of worship and a season of service. Now, you have to understand that most people, 
would only be allowed or only have the privilege of coming to the temple three times a year. I want you to think about that for a moment. If you could only come to church three times in a year's time. Now, some people would shout for joy. They'd be running out in the parking lot right now. Feel like they'd been delivered. But I don't think most of us that really love God would feel that way very long because there's something about being away from the house of God. But in that day, most people could only come to Jerusalem three times a year and it was at special feast in time. So when they came to Jerusalem, it wasn't just a pop in and pop out. It wasn't just a hurry up, let's get this over with, Brother Hughes. I'm, I, I Sonic's calling. Burger King's calling. It, it wasn't, I, I wonder how much longer he's going to ramble on. It, when they came to Jerusalem, they came with the mindset that I'm here for a season. I'm here for a time. I'm going to be here for more than a day. This has been a journey and I am not going to waste my journey. And because it was so far and it took so much time, I'm not here to play. I'm here for a season. Everybody say a season. We do not need a service. We need a season of services. We need, and I, I want, what I am praying is that God will move us into a season of prayer. You see, that's what's wrong with a lot of us. Prayer is just something we do. A lot of people just do it when there's problems in their life. That's the only time they pray. When everything's wrong, you don't have to beg them to come to church. They're always at church. They're always the first one to the altar. But when things are going well, they don't ever talk to God. When everything's going their way, they don't ever talk to the Lord about their life or about anything else. And so a lot of people, church and, 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 and worship and prayer and the altar is just something they do every once in a while. But we need a season of prayer. We need to get into an attitude and a spirit of prayer where we linger for a period of time. Where when we come, we're not looking at our watch and wondering, is this thing going to be over anytime soon? But we're there with the mindset, I need to spend some time in this place. I need to spend some time. We need seasons of worship around here. I don't mean the 30-second stuff that most of us are guilty of. I mean a season where worship just keeps flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. We've entered into a time, a season of worship. We entered into a season of praise where we're not just hit and miss. It's not just, uh, you know, pop in kiss God on the cheek and then run back out the door and say, I'll see you next Sunday. But coming in and embracing the Holy Ghost, embracing the Spirit of God and saying, Lord, I, I, I need to spend some time with you today. That's what we need is a season. A season is something that lasts for more than a day. I'm tired of one-night wonder services. I, I'm tired of people saying or thinking, you know what? 
if we just have a great service tonight, that's going to fix everything. I, I want more than a great service. I want a great season of services. I want more than one night. I want there to be many. That's why we're praying for several nights in a row. I know, I know, I know. I know there's going to be a lot of people that may not be able to make it every night, but we need seasons of prayer. We don't need just to come in here and go through our little routine. We need times when we can come, slow down, get down before God and say, God, these are the things that we need to talk about. These are the things that I need to work on in my life and spend that time with God in the way it needs to be spent. If, it is, if you will read your Bible, you will find in the book of Genesis that before God singled out days and years, He spoke of signs and seasons. Seasons are protracted periods of time. Before God ever talked about days or minutes or hours, God talked about seasons. I think we've got it mixed up. We would rather talk about days and hours. And God said, I want you to talk about, I want you to spend a season with me. We don't need a revival service. We need a revival season. Amen. Everybody say season. These people were going up not just to sing a song, but they were going up to sacrifice and continue to sing and continue to sacrifice. And so we need a season of prayer, a season of worship, a season of seeking after God. These are the two initial steps on the way up to Jerusalem. Number one, they had to cut some things. They had to get away from some questionable things. They had to put away some, they had to cut some ties that they had been connected to. And then they had to Get in their mind, I, I'm here for a while. I need this journey. I need this experience. I need this time. If I'm going to be a better man, if I'm going to be a better father, if I'm going to defeat these things that are troubling me, I have got to spend some time with God. I want us to stand together. Amen. God is going to take us to a higher place. He's going to take us to some higher ground. Amen. I don't know about you, but I certainly want better things, and I want to see better things. I want more. I want more from God. I want more uh, in God. I want better things. This is where we are tonight. We're on our way upward. Amen. We need it. Everybody say, I need it. I need it. I need to go up. My family needs it. Praise God. My family, my children need it. Those people that are connected to my life need to see a better me. Amen. They need to see a better attitude in me. They need to see a better spirit in me. Praise God. I said the people connected to you need to see a better you. I wonder how many of you would join with me right now. And let's slip up here to the front in a closing season, closing time of prayer. Amen. Would you do that very quickly? I know your time is valuable, and I have kept my remarks short tonight, but I want us to come for a time of prayer before we leave this building. Come on, everybody.